want to take us to the word of the Lord that we have read today in Revelation 12, just about four verses, because again, this is, uh, it's, it, it continually amazes me, the scriptures we're reading, and then they, the one that's on the service is the one that we're supposed to and open up, and next thing you know, we're, it's just, just right on time with what God's doing. Uh, in, in John 10.10, 10, Jesus made the famous statement, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his intent. But I have come to give you life and that more abundantly. The chapter's about hearing the voice and being led. Uh, Revelation 12, and I'm so grateful for what we're learning about God speaking to Israel and the origin of Scripture that's for Israel will be fulfilled in Israel. But while we journey together, truth is universal and that we can take advantage of going, ah, I see that principle. Uh, Ed Cole used to say that God does everything uh, by a pattern according to a principle. The principle is universal. The pattern is unique. So there are things that are going to be fulfilled in Israel in these last days. There's a rapid salvation that's going to come for that nation and that covenant people. But this chapter speaks to the warfare we live in and the shutting of the voice and the calling of God's uh, means for each of us to become the overcomer. So I want to read uh, beginning in uh, verse 7. It's a picture of, of what you and I can feel and uh, at times be, be swept over and under and in. So Hebrews, uh, Revelation 12, 7, it says, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. The great dragon was cast out. There are four descriptive names given for us to discern and recognize his tactics. First is the dragon. The dragon means one who is fascinating, one who is alluring, who's pulling people into his spell, into his beauty, the splendor. It's just, wow. He was at once the most beautiful angel of, of, of gods to facilitate worship. He's called the serpent of old. Serpent is sly. He's got eyes. And you think you've got him, he's got you. He's just trickery and masterful. Called the devil. Devil is diablos. And it's where we get the word a traducer, which I still to this day, I've got to memorize this because it's so worth hearing it. Uh, but um, let me just find it out of my Webster because if you haven't met the devil, I tell you, once I tell you his, what his name means, you'll say, oh, I know that dude. Dear, I know that dude. So in a, let me, a traducer. Uh, sorry, I just pull it up. I wish I'd have spent more time in English when I was in high school paid attention at least. Traducer. Oh, come on. One more time. Spell. Use my thumbs got bigger all of a sudden. No, it's just that Y wants to show up instead of traducer. T-R-A. There you go. No, come on. All right. No, I see why. Hey, are you okay with this? You know, I just got to fumble through. That's because I wrote it, Tarducer. There's no such thing as a Tarducer. 
not straight traducer. Okay, here we go. Listen to this. It's a simple definition. To expose to shame or blame by means of falsehood and misrepresentation. Have you ever met that guy? You know, just messes communication, creates this, and then places you in a shame-blame moment through misinformation and accusation. And then lastly, his name is Satan, which literally means our advocate, the accuser. So this great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil, and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So this sets something in motion. And it, and it says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Now, you have to understand, God's salvation and strength and kingdom and power of Christ have come, and in the resurrection were secured. But the effectiveness of it, all of a sudden it says, now salvation, now strength, now the kingdom of God, and the power of the Christ has come. Why? For the accuser of of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. So once the voice of the accuser is silenced, given no more access to the beloved people of God who are trying to walk with Jesus and no longer having to live inside his lies, live inside his accusation, his slander, his confusion, his all of a sudden salvation, just a whole other experience of salvation, right? Because salvation has an uttermost. And I'm not at the uttermost yet, but I'm on my way. And the kingdom of God, the power of his Christ, the authority. So this is what has happened. And then verse 11, here's our part. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. These three simple practices that every one of us can employ and should engage and should submit ourselves to and use to the fullest advantage, it's in the body of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus, learning to hold agreement with the blood of the Lamb and what that means in the word of our testimony and what that refers to and not loving our lives to death is creating a displacement so that who is still acting as a terrorist in a kingdom that has been secured by Jesus and who is the king, but the terrorist seeks to try to disrupt and move members out of the living body into separation or into perceived rejection or condemnation. He's, there's a path to freedom. And I just want to talk briefly about those three things because I believe this is the, the getting our voice back. Okay, so first off, to, to overcome, you know, if you think, want to, it this means to subdue. It means to beat. It means to take the take the the, uh, 
to obtain. It's, it's where we get the Greek word Nike. And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. See, the blood of the Lamb is my answer to everything. I have no righteousness, nor do you, nor will it matter if you did. There's no righteous but one, and that is our Lord Jesus. And in his resurrection has, has come to that fullness of acceptance and the firstborn of the new creation. And when we believe that God raised him from the dead, we are made righteous. But think about the blood. Some think we've got to, first off, it says that his blood has purged our conscience from dead works. There's not a thing you've done or did do or will do that has to remain in your memory past the moment of confession. It's purged. It's removed. It's sprinkled us into a new covenant. It speaks of forgiveness and not judgment. It is where inside this place of being accepted by the, the, the high priestly ministry, the sprinkling of the blood, making heaven accessible, making us have access to God, that blood has given us boldness to which we come boldly into the throne of God, to the very holiest of holy. And there's no other way in. If you get in without the blood, you won't be in there for any length of time, trust me. You will be so overwhelmed with yourself and who you are even today, in this hour, when Jesus appears in glory, we all fall down. Because it's impossible for the one, the glorious one, to stand in the midst of humanity that we're still in our earthly, fleshly journey and us not become aware of, in his holiness, our falling short. But he'll always come and say, stand up. I appeared for you for this reason. How can I advance? It's the blood. It's the blood of the lamb. I am, have boldness by the blood. So I'm over, I overcome the accuser, the traducer, the, the spell caster, the deceiver, by just always remembering, I'm here because of the blood. I'm I have access because of the blood. The blood is my boldness. The blood is my answer. So I've tested this for years, and I found that the blood will answer everything. Anything, everything, anyone, anything. It'll even overwhelm your guilt so that you cannot feel the guilt over what you accomplished because you can only accept the righteousness that God appropriated through the resurrection of Jesus. You'll know that, you know, this is no double jeopardy in the kingdom. You cannot suffer for the thing that God already suffered for. You cannot be punished in condemnation for the thing Jesus accepted the condemnation over. But you can accept then the, the forgiveness and the justification and the glorification. And you say, oh, but, but, then, but you get self-conscious and you try to focus and try to do what you're supposed to do and keep your disciplines in place. Sooner or later, you'll start being self-conscious. And next thing you know, you will be aware that you're not really doing that great a job. And then you'll try harder because, you know, I don't want to not do a good job. I want to do a good job of following the Lord. So then I'll try to pray more and read more. And then the next thing I'm trying to produce righteousness. That's all self-righteousness is, is trying to produce what is impossible. Romans 10 says, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness would not submit to the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to all who believe. So the blood is the most humbling thing that I have nothing to offer except that I receive what God gave. 
And that blood is my righteousness. That blood is my cleansing, my conscience. And I just practice that. You know, that's how do we enter into God's presence. First thing, I'm coming because of the boldness of the blood. And try it. Try it the next time you really have a bad day. And watch, it works just as good on a bad day as a good day. It works. It's the only thing that does work. So they overcome. So they started becoming a people of, the, of, of recognition of what took place, of that ultimate one sacrifice for all, one, for all people for all time, this, this offering of the Lord by the eternal Holy Spirit that he's now taken away the consciousness of dead works. That dismantles a whole lot of the accusation arguments. The second thing they, they employed was the word of their testimony. Now, the word is not rhema here. It's the word logos. Logos is the full conversation. This is the logos of God. Now, inside of this beautiful book, as I read, the Holy Spirit reads along with me. And many times he'll read over the words that I'm reading, and he says, that's you, or for you, or that's what I'm doing now, or here's a promise, pick it up. That's rhema. That's hearing the voice of the Lord in the word. And that is where faith originates. But unfortunately and fortunately, I just not unfortunately, fortunately, ever since we began reading the Bible together, I have been so empowered in the truth that comes in the Logos and the sanctification that comes in the Logos and the Holy Spirit's ministry that operates in the Logos that I am like, wow, I'm no longer a topical Bible man. I just read the whole thing, and everything touches me somewhere, and next thing you know, I'm coming alive. But so what, what is the word of their testimony? Is whatever Jesus says, whatever he's speaking to you, whatever he's saying to you, that's your testimony. I had this experience. I read my Bible. This, he made a promise. I had this word the Lord just spoke to me yesterday. He said, visions are not to just be seen, they're to be lived in. The Apostle Paul met the Lord in a vision on the way to Damascus, and then 20 plus 26 years later, he's telling the King Agrippa that I have never not allowed that vision to continually influence me. See, the word of our testimony is, the, is our testimony of Jesus. It isn't just what he's done for me, it's what he's more shown me. He shows me who he is. He shows me what he's doing. And I begin to say, that's who you are, Lord. That's promises. Hebrews calls it the confession of our hope. Why is that so important? Because hope is not yet seen. And everybody who dies or takes away their own life is doing it because they've lost hope. When hope is alive, it becomes our worship. It becomes our psaltery. It becomes our psalm. It becomes our proclamation and praise. And, and, and when you're in presence of God in prayer and you have a confession of hope, you will feel the entire heaven come in agreement with you. See, reading the scripture and telling the Lord, I heard you say this. I heard you say that. I'm saying what you said back to me. That's what confession is. Saying the same thing. You said, I am a victor. I am a victor. You said, I'm saved, I'm saved. You say, I'm healed, I'm healed. You say, I'm, I'm going to come out of this crisis in health and wealth. 
I'm coming out of the crisis in health and wealth. You see, it's, it's how Jesus was born again. He heard the Father say, when he had de determined that all of the execution, condemnation, everything had been exhausted and sin had been dealt with, he heard the, the Father say, you are my son, today I beget you. I become your father, the new creation, life-giving spirit. And literally Psalm 2, which is where this comes out of, he said, I will declare the decree you said to me. See, that's how salvation is. You have to confess. We believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. We confess with our mouth. We say back what we heard God say to us. And he says, you are my son. I, I, today you'll be gotten. You're my father. And bam. So this is celebrated. I practice my confession of hope in the presence of God because God's just atmosphere says, you say so, it is so, because I said so. I like hearing my voice in your voice, son. I like hearing my words in your words, son. I like hearing my, I, I, in fact, truth be told, God's only interested in his words. I mean, yes, we can share our true story and find a lot of empathy, compassion, and then he'll take us to the throne of grace and say, let me tell you my story over your story. Let me, let me rephrase what has gone through and shift it for you to, into me. So they're in this word of testimony. But you see, there's another place for the testimony. There's another place for the confession of hope. Jesus, in 1 Timothy verse 5, chapter 5, chapter 6, he held this testimony, this confession, before Pontius Pilate. And this is like telling speaking out the words when the accuser's breathing on you. Yeah. See, when he's breathing on you, you're not feeling like you're in heaven. All you smell is sulfur. And you feel this kind of disgust and this fear and this trepidation. And what can I do? I just want it out of here. I don't care what it takes. I'll just get out of here. How's my own? And you'll often capitulate and do whatever you're being accused of to prove that you're not doing it or try to focus on, oh, I'm not doing that. That's why when, when Satan met Jesus... Jesus, he kept on saying, if you are the son of God, are you really the son of God? Well, if you are the son of God, do something to prove it. And you see, that's always the first sign that you're having a conversation with the devil. He's telling you, prove it. Instead of, you know, and Jesus doesn't pull on his experience with the Holy Spirit. He only does one thing. He says, it is written. That's the confession of hope. That is the testimony of Jesus. And once you start holding that, I, I promise you, take 15 minutes and say the opposite of what you're feeling negatively and declare that Jesus Christ is a sufficiency for you to step into this positive place. If you're about to feel like I'm going to give up, you're never going to make it, you can go, praise God, I just got a prophecy from the devil. He says, I'm not going to make it. That means I'm just about crossing over to the victory side. Hallelujah. I'm excited about the victory that's coming. It's just like that. Incidentally, I just forgot. Now I remembered. Tonight at 6 o'clock, uh, uh, Wes Munyon and Nicole, they're hosting evangelists that are spending the week down in Oxnard, and they're going to come and have a communion worship service here in the sanctuary. It's going to be unplugged, meaning it will not be amplified or on the web, but it will be alive because of the body who comes, and everyone's welcome. That's tonight at 6 p.m.
So here's the kicker, because the blood, it's, it's, it's what makes all things acceptable inside of the king, inside of God. The confession of hope brings us into agreement with the language of heaven and the truth of the Lord and brings us into sanctification and freedom. But the last part, which most Christians don't even want to quote them. Well, I don't know how many songs are sung about this, but they never sing the last one. We do, because without this, you're not going to make it. They did not love their lives to the death. Now, here's the key. It's soul, suke. It's me, suke, suke Steve, suke Brian, suke Veda. It's you, your feelings, your emotions, your sense of, oh. And I don't know about you, but my soul is kind of like weird. <laughs> and will often try to take over me. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been in this blissful place in the kingdom, in heaven, and, and, and all of a sudden something comes that triggers the trauma, and all of a sudden my soul is like a chariot and takes me way out of the place that I was wanting to be into a place I don't want to be. And God steps up and says, come on back, Steve. Come on back, Steve. And then I'm ashamed and fearful, and why do you want to look at me? I'm just a double-minded dancer. And then Jesus, in his kindness, like Song of Solomon, says, yeah, but I love the way your feet look in sandals. It does not matter what you do. It only matters what Jesus did and our agreement with it. And the agreement with what Jesus has accomplished will command your life out of where you are into where he is. And it'll shut the mouth of the accuser. So to not love my life unto death means I'm going to have to, at times, there's just your soul will hold us hostage. I just got to have this resolution. I just got to get this question answered. I just feel like, I feel like if I could just get this relationship to work again. If, if we could just, if, if someone would just hear me and understand what I'm really trying to say, if my, if my husband would just listen, if my kids would just come into the fulfillment, just someplace your soul's stuck. And there's sometimes God is so gracious and he comes and he undoes it. But other times he says, you know, I need to teach you how to overcome. So here's the deal. Take my path of deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. What is that to you? I didn't say that about you. I don't care what you did. I don't care how you got there. I don't care who traumatized you, who hurt you, offended you, destroyed you. I'm saying my son is sufficient for all things. So pick that thing up. Don't sit there. Don't die. Get up. Get going. Follow me. And when you do that, all three, when all three start functioning, and you can, we're going to practice every day, you, you, the devil starts losing his voice. You can't hear him very well because you're hearing you speaking God's voice. You're, 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 you're resting your, our confidence in the righteousness that is imputed through the blood that was spilt so that it could be sh uh, sprinkled across heaven so that we could have accessibility. You're, 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 there's a testimony. See, I don't look around the world to see how I'm doing. I don't look around anywhere to see how I'm doing. I look at one man, and every day I look at that man and say, you're how I'm doing. So I'm inseparable from Jesus Christ. I'm one in Christ. And nothing can separate me from the love of God unless I believe it can and let it do it. But I don't have to because Jesus gave it all, paid for it all. And then when I'm in that most trepidating place, 
you know, it's just part of going, well, whatever. If I die, I die. Die is gain. To live is Christ. So well, let's just go through this. See, so a lot of the fear of death that we're being paralyzed by is because we haven't faced the fear of it and keep trying to avoid it and prevent it from happening. And God loves you so much. He said, I'm not letting one of my children be afraid of death. I conquered it. I destroyed him who had the power of it. And I have delivered you who, through the fear of death, were a slave. Now, you don't know it yet, but you will know it. Get back in my blood. Accept what I've done. It's complete. It's forever. It's perfect. Gain your testimony. Repick it up. The confession of hope that matters the most to God is what you don't feel like is working. The words that you feel are the furthest from the time they were spoken. And the Bible says very clearly, and I close with this, the Bible says in Hebrews so well, this whole hope is the war. Because you know how you know it is? Because it says we're the house of Jesus. If we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of hope, firm to the end. There's some parts of your hope that you won't see till the, until you die. But that's not what God measures about how well your faith is working. He's looking to see, is your hope alive? Are you confident? See, God can say something. He doesn't need to prove it to me. He just said it. I need to worship him. I need to receive it. I need to experience it. And if I don't have to have it happen right before me, I can enjoy it in the presence. You know how many things I get to enjoy that I can't see? It's in crazy. It's just beautiful. Jesus' faith that we have been given was found in the Gethsemane when in all of the travail of prayer he was in and willing his soul. I don't want to go this way, but Father, I want your will to be done. If there's no other way but me to drink this cup, let, let it be your will be done for three hours. And he was heard because of his godly fear. And he was praying to the Father, to God, who was able to save him from death. I just got this. It isn't to avoid death. It literally would be quoted, better translated, to save him out of death. There's some dead places in your life. There are dead places in my life. That didn't mean anything to God. These are resurrection and life, God. He don't have to get to, the, get, get to some place before Lazarus dies. He's the resurrection and the life. He's not an event. He's a man. And when we start to, yeah, he's a man. I'm telling you, if you were and I were to try to say, okay, what's coming? Just check out where you're dead. Because out of death is going to come new life. Out of, the, out of what has fallen to the ground and died is going to spring forth a crop. Out of where hope has lost its voice. But you see, praise Jesus, we don't have to lose our voice. You've got a voice. Trust me, depression will make you stop talking, singing, or anything. People shutting you down, trying to control you, just get all turned inside. But you don't have to do that. You stand up and you begin to say, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus is my king. Jesus is the one I worship. Jesus is the one I follow. And the further you get into Jesus, the more he becomes everything. 
Jesus is my health. Jesus is my wealth. Jesus is my savior. Jesus is my joy. Jesus is my hope. Jesus is my abundance of grace. I have all that Jesus has because all that Jesus has, he's giving to me. Holy Spirit, wonderful Jesus, I love you. I receive you. Now, let's get you happy. To get rid of all the depression, all the discouragement, all the sickness, all the disease, and whatever doesn't go away right away, it'll just cause you to have more joy doing it in, front, in the face of it. Because the devil gets displaced. There's no place for him. And trust me, it's, it, it, it's where the conflict is. That's where, that's where God's wanting to show himself and reveal himself, is that place that's... You're engaged, you heard the Lord, you started into obedience, you began the journey, things went different, they went wrong, people hurt you, betrayed you, we, we failed, we made terrible decisions, we, we didn't know what to do, we were ignorant, and all of a sudden it's just like we're buried under a pile of humanity. And we're thinking, oh, that'll never happen now, but no, 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 beloved. God waited till Abraham was 99 years old. He said, I'm ready. Abraham said, you are, but I'm not. He said, no, 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 we're having a son. His name is Laughter. Your name is changed. Sarah's name's changed. You're now Abraham. Sarah is now Sarah. And I'm circumcising. I'm taking the, the foreskin of your creativity off of you, your ability. And so what did he do? He said, man, that is a new hope for me. I had hope for Ishmael. I had hope for this. I had hope for that. All, most of my hopes are dead. I would like to m negotiate with God and have Ishmael become the, the carrier. I, nope, 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 nope. I don't do anything with life. I love having a death canopy, and I propel myself in the impossibility. So Abraham goes, Whew, what am I going to do? I know I'm, I'm in the presence of God. I know he's speaking. He's calling things that don't exist as though they do. But, but this is beyond what I was even thinking. What am I going to do? And then he knows because he's been learning because everything's a training. All faith begins when you say yes to Jesus and continues into the end of your day. It's not different faith. It's one faith, one Lord, one baptism. So that faith that I'm journeying, you're learning things. So Abraham says, okay, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm not going to I'm not going to consider my body. I'm not going to look around and go, man, I don't think I could do this. I don't even know. If, and I don't want to look at Sarah because she's never been able to do it. She's always been barren. She's old. Now she's barren and old. And so it says he did not consider the deadness of his body or the deadness of Sarah's womb, which literally means he did not, he did not observe it. Believers, the older you get, you have to learn to kind of just glance in the mirror. Don't stare at it. <laughs> just, oh, yeah, I still recognize you, but I see the guy that was a lot younger. Well, the mirror of God's word will give us the true image. He did not consider the deadness of his body. And he did not stagger or pull back or lose his place or be pushed back in unbelief by uh, considered not dead in his body. He staggered not the promise of God to unbelief, but he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. So he staggered not. That means to separate something thoroughly. Listen, this book is meant to, to receive, not to be studied and dissected. You don't have to prove anything with God. God already knows what he said. And he's, worth, he's, 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 a, he's faithful in what he said. 
You don't have to try to make this a legal document and try to force him. I've done that before. It isn't, it isn't, isn't kosher. But you start, he said, oh, I'm not, well, God said I'm going to have a son. My name's Abraham. Sarah, guess what? Sarah, you're Sarah. Whew. And then he started glorifying God. Oh, God, you're, whoa. Man, it's going to be something else. Woo-hoo. And then he goes into crises. He has an intercession project, tries to save his nephew, loses the, loses the war. Sodom and Gomorrah up in smoke. He's freaking out, thinks he'll go someplace safe, so he goes down to Gaza. Then he's going back to old practices. Well, the way, way I handle a, a beautiful wife in a, in a foreign land is I let my wife be my sister. And I say that. It's true. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a technicality. And so all of a sudden, he's, he's got Sarah in Abimelech's harem, ready to be married, and he's having to go, you know what? Coolest thing about this whole journey I've had, it's not up to me. I am persuaded. You know, get this. This is your confession. Pull it out of the place that you're locked in. I am persuaded that you are able to perform what you promised. Not me, not we, just thee. You are able. You are able. You're able to perform what you promised. You promised this, so you're able to perform it. I got us in a little bit of a sticky place, but I think you can figure out how to deal with Abimelech. I can't. I'm, I, you know, but you're able. You're able. You're able. That's just a powerful praiser. Take the word of God, the promises that are dead, the things that you're struggling with, the accusations that are coming, and then turn around and just say, Lord, I receive what you have said, and you are able. You are able. I glorify you in your ability, your faithfulness. I worship you. I praise you. I praise you. I worship you. I praise you. You're able. You're able. Until your heart begins to agree, and your mouth begins to be that confession. It says, God looked at that and said, that's that's." faith, and that's righteousness, and I'm imputing that to this man, the father of faith, and not only to him, but to everyone who has the same faith as Abraham who believe that I raised Christ from the dead, except that I condemned him with your sins, and I raised him with your justification, and I will call that faith and righteousness for you the rest of eternity. Beloved, it just doesn't stop. It just won't stop. What God has said, he will do. What God set in motion, he will fulfill. What God brings to bring forth his fruitfulness, he will bring it forth in barrenness. He places the best promises in barren wombs. He does not put his promise in strength of man's flesh. He doesn't need us. He doesn't want us. He, in fact, he waits most of our life so we can't help him because he wants to bring forth what he promised within his strength, his ability, his grace, his forgiveness, his joy. Abraham's faith became so convincing of God's ability to perform what he promised, even at the most critical, crazy notions God might have, that when he took Isaac, 12, 13 years later, to Mount Moriah to offer him as a burnt offering. He wasn't having an identity crisis. He wasn't letting anything go except this one simple truth. I believe. God spoke. My son is the heir. There's going to be a great, many as stars, multitudes. It's going to, this is my son. Now, I'm going to go kill him today and burn him up. 
But since God said, then he's going to have to come out of the ashes. Literally, that's what he believed. Hebrews 11 tells it. He believed, after his ashes, I'm going to watch a reformation. God stops him and says, don't do it. I know you, you, know, you did do it in faith. I know it, it, you're not holding anything back from me. I'm, you've given it all to me. Here, take the ram. Then he offers the ram. The offering's committed. And then God says, I want to say something to you. Because you did what I said, I'm making an oath. An oath. I'm swearing by myself. I'm seven times myself to you that th- out of this relationship, my seed, Christ, will be born of the flesh through your, your lineage. And I'll bring a resurrection that will change everything. I'll bring him out of the dead. I'll call him forth out of the abyss. I'll give him salvation, healing, and deliverance. And that's who we serve. That's who we follow. That's who we worship. That's who is our Lord. So we can't sit there and call try to fix everything for us. The bride that's going to marry is an overcoming bride, triumphant, overcoming, glorious. And we're not be by our works, but by our appropriation of what God has accomplished in the Son. So would you stand with me? Oh. We started feeling the, the strength, the, 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 the urgency of salvation yesterday. We're praying for the prodigals. We've been lifting them up, family members coming back. We're going to have our conference in October called The Returning because it's all about the, this new faith that God's rising uh, to, of, to, uh, to receive the fulfillment of promises that were given to us over our children when they were young or over, uh, over others, and it's just going to call it because there is a rapture coming, and I don't want any of you to miss it. I don't want anybody to be looking around and going one day show up to church and everybody's gone but you. Seriously, that would be scary. But it will be. Because when that happens, it, it's, a, it's a door closes and the five wise virgins enter in and the wedding feast has begun and we'll, we'll see that on, on next Sunday. So let me ask you this. If you're standing there today, are you ready to receive Jesus? Have you... Is he your focus? Is he the one you're in pursuit of? Do you believe that God raised him from the dead? Is he your Lord? I'm not asking how well you're doing. I'm just asking, are you intentionally engaged in your faith for this one? If you are, hold up your hand, just, just so I can see. I don't, I, I'm, I'm, it's, not, it's not a vote. It's just so we know that we're, who we're dressing and who's ready for what. Salvation comes by believing in our heart. God raised him from the dead. You can set your hands down. Thanks. And through confessing and declaring with our mouth what God said of his son, that he is Lord. We can walk away from Jesus. We can, get, we can lose our place. We can begin to care not. wonder if it's even going to ever happen. Sell our birthright. But thanks be to God in Jesus Christ, we, we can return. And I don't know about you, but I've been in the last two years watching the Lord call me into a returning relationship, a returning of my heart to him, returning of my faith in him, returning of my confession to him, returning of my time to him. 
And I don't know about you, but if you feel that strength coming to return, to, to just give, you know, the returning that God wants for those way out there lost in drugs and living a, a lascivious, lascivious life who are living, believing lies all over, starts with us returning. The fire of God, I want to I wanna know you. To be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues. To return our confession back to the Lord and, and declare the blood is sufficient. And to say where we don't know how to resolve the conflict, we say, well, then we're just going to keep going with Jesus and carry this until it gets resolved. That cross that we have to carry. Where are you? Are you in any of that? Are you in all of it? Is the Lord prompting you? Calling you? Is he asking for more prayer from you? Read the Bible, not because you need to pray so you're qualified, but because you need to pray so you can have an encounter with the living God and see the world the way it ought to be seen and love the one who loves you so much. Okay, I'm going to just be quiet for two minutes. I want you to talk to Jesus. Two minutes. What's he saying to you? Talk to Jesus. Acknowledge his blood. Acknowledge the words he's spoken over your life. Declare that you're going to follow him, even if it means denying yourself and having to pick up a cross. Go ahead, let's let the music play, and we'll just be quiet. Everybody online, join me. Talk loud enough so you can hear yourself. First, first rule of prayers you have to say, just so you can hear yourself. heard every word and he's activating new hope where the old hope once was. He's reconfiguring the sets of circumstances to meet the hope needed where you are here today. Ah, 
We glorify you, Jesus. Just start to praise him with the words you've spoken. Praise him with the words you've heard. Praise him with the words you've spoken of who he is and what he's done, what he's doing, what he's promised. Praise Praise you, Jesus. You are faithful in what you say. You are good. You are generous, kind. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Hope's got her voice. Let her sound. Come on. Hope's got her voice. Life's going forward. Now you're not going to die. You're going to live and declare the testimonies of God. Oh, ba, 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 ba. He is your health, your wealth. Shema. Oh, yes, Lord. We praise you. See, it's not coming from us. It's coming from the one we're worshiping. Its life is in the sun. Oh, yeah, ba, ba, ba. He just starts flooding our being with who he is when we say who he is to who we are. Ha! Yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus, receive, 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 receive. We're getting our testimony back. We're getting our confession of our hope back. We're getting our substance of what we say about God and who he is and the presence of who he is. We're agreeing with what Jesus is. We don't deny him. We accept him. We receive him. Jesus, you're magnificent. Miracles are yours to give. Your healings are yours because you received the greatest of healings. You came out of the dead. Shut him up. Oh, Jesus. Now the Lord would say to me, as I seek to listen to him and think, where do I take you to go to where he wants you? I heard the Lord say, didn't I already say earlier today, I want each of my sons and daughters to trust their voice. I want them to begin to allow me to give them a voice. I want them to begin to prophesy and speak over the things in front of them and declare things that are not as though they are to speak out that confession of hope. That's why we're not giving each other our confession. God's giving us our confession. He's, not, he's giving us the name above every name. If you don't know what to say, just say his name. Jesus. 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 Oh, there you go. You see, faith rises. Jesus. Our faith. His faith rises. Jesus. Now, if you just take a moment, let your creative imagination from your heart take hold of the death that you've been walking in and see you springing forth out of death into newness of life. See, that which is dead now has to yield to resurrection life. See, that which you have been told you'll never be or hear now has to yield to be what it was declared by God to be. Again, your mouth is your greatest pen. Write with it. Hallelujah. I see the resurrected lamb. I see the son of man standing at the right hand of God in glory, a high. I see the outpouring of the spirit and the greatest expression ever seen in the earth today. I see the Lord saving all, healing all, delivering all, redeeming all. 
I see multitudes that are returning and awakening to the king and are crying out, what am I doing in this pigsty? I'm coming home. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. I want home. Praise you. I see this. I see this. I see your resurrection. Now, Lord, as we go out, I'm asking the Holy Spirit because I know that's your job to walk with us out of this out of this moment into the morrow and through into the truths that we've just been seeing and to the confession that we're to be giving and into the presence of the one whom we believe and to encounter great refreshing. I declare that your reversals of all manner of mental torment break down in the next week. They lose their grip, they lose their words, they lose their conversation, and the accuser falls apart. He doesn't even know what to say. And all we're going to do is say who Jesus is and praise him for who he is and what he said and what he did. And all the accusation falls to the ground. Blood is my answer. His word is my future. My life is in his hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.